Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Well, the kind of the obvious metaphor or allegory here is that Jesus is the grain that falls to the wheat and dies. And then from his death, great fruit issues forth. We see that the ground that he's talking about is the cross that he's hanging on there. If he goes through with this and he dies, then he redeems the human race. Great good comes from his ultimate sacrifice of his life. But we know that he's also speaking about us. And he's saying each of us has to die to self and live for Christ in order to bear fruit. Fruit for our, our own salvation and fruit for the salvation of others. So we understand that. So when Jesus is talking about the seed going to the ground, he is talking about us. That we got to die to self and rise to Christ in order to bear this fruit. Some years ago, many years ago, I think it was the 1950s or 60s, there was a test with using five-year-olds and marshmallows. And it was about delayed gratification. And they tracked these children down through the years. And I don't know much about it other than what I'm going to tell you. So if you know more, you can let me know after Mass. Although this is the last time I'm given this homily. So anyway, you can correct me all you want, but I'm not going to make these mistakes anymore. But anyway, so I've got, say, it's something like, let's say, 20 kindergartners, 25-year-olds. And they bring each of them into a room, one by one, into this room. And there's an adult in the room, and they sit them down at a table, and there's a marshmallow they put in front of the little buggers. And they tell the little guys, they say, listen, uh, I'm going to leave the room for one minute. And if you, if you leave that marshmallow alone, I'll come back with a second marshmallow for you. But if you eat the marshmallow while I'm gone, then you won't get a second marshmallow. What they found was about half the children could wait one minute and half couldn't. And no, for a five-year-old, they don't understand what a minute is. A minute is like... 10 seconds, it's eternity, a minute is this thing kind of deal. But they also had this camera in there too, and it was kind of cute watching the kids looking at the door and looking at the marshmallow and, you know, struggling with this moment of serious temptation. Half of them ate it and half of them did not, and the half that did not got a second marshmallow. But here is the thing, they tracked these kids down through the years, and what they found was this. That of the children who could not wait one minute, None of them got a college degree. Of the children who could wait one minute, not all of them got a college degree, but many of them did. And I'm not saying that a college degree is the end-all, be-all. It's not right for everyone. Forty percent of Americans don't graduate from high school on time, so college isn't for everyone. And you can make as much money as an electrician or a plumber as you could with a four-year degree in sociology working at Starbucks. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that there's something in the ability to delay our gratification that bears great fruit. The ability to deny ourselves now something for a greater good to come. The saints. As we read through the lives of the saints, we see this you know, on display a million times over. It's like, wow, look at these characters and, and the life that they're living, this self-denial. I mean, they're just pouring themselves out for Christ and for other people, for the salvation of other people and the glory of God, etc. Denying themselves all kinds of things. And so we look at that and we go, I don't want to live that life because that doesn't look like a happy life. 
I don't want to delay my gratification. I mean, I've only got this one life, right? And, and I don't want to, you know, waste it on being miserable. I want to be happy, etc. The problem is we don't have this one life. Compared to eternity, this life on earth is just a blink of the eye. It's just a blink of the eye. We go, yeah, but I want to enjoy that one little blink. I want to enjoy that one little blink. And I get that, that we want to enjoy that one little blink. But what if for that one little blink we sacrificed eternity and we lost it? And not only did we lose it, but there are other people who lost it because we didn't help them get there. All for the blink of an eye. Is it worth it? And the answer is, it's not. It's worth it for the child to wait 60 seconds and to get a second marshmallow. And if only in this life we could lay it down because there's more marshmallows than we could ever imagine waiting for us in the next life. Yesterday afternoon I was walking around. I was on a walk exercising. And I noticed these little moles in yards, uh, little mole hills, etc. And there was this one, I was on the sidewalk, and somebody had edged the side of their lawn that went up to the sidewalk and there was mole hills along, right along the edge along the sidewalk and because they had edged it some of the, the mounds were gone and you could see down the hole, down, I could actually look down into mole hills and I got to thinking, that's it that's, that's what we are by the way, an aside uh, if, you, if you have a mole problem, how you get rid of it, how Mr. Ed gets rid of our moles, you don't see any mole mounds on our extensive property, is where there's a mole mound, you take juicy fruit, and I don't know why it's juicy fruit, but juicy fruit gum, you chew it, you rip it in half, half a stick of juicy fruit gum, you chew it a little bit, get it wet and waste gummy, put it down the hole, cover it, they'll eat it and they'll die of indigestion. You don't have to do traps or anything, it's just that simple, that very, very simple. But here's the thing. I was looking down that mole hole and going, that's us. While we live on earth, it's the only earth, it's the only life we know. And so we want to make the most of it. And so we're willing to sacrifice everything above ground for it. And that's a tragedy. Imagine being a mole and just living for yourself down there under the earth. Actually, as you leave Mass today and you walk out, look at the lawn, look at it, and think, underneath that grass, there's life. There are moles down there, there are worms and other things down there. And imagine how much better life is above ground. All the things that we can see, all the things we can smell and hear and feel, etc., and the range of motion and travel that we have and the ability to educate ourselves and all kinds of things that a mole can't do. But imagine for a moment being a mole living down there. You've never seen anything in the whole of your life. I don't know if moles have eyes or not, but they can't see because they're underground where there's no light. So they're born in complete darkness. They spend their whole life in complete darkness. They've got little man hands and they've got... Uh, whiskers to help with sensory and they've got a powerful little nose to kind of smell inches in front of them through the soil, you know, trying to find worms or whatever they're eating kind of deal. And this is their whole life. Imagine a mole down there thinking, man, I'm just going to make the most of this life. I'm going to eat as many worms as I can. I'm going to do as little work as I can. I'm just going to live for myself. I don't care about the other moles. I'm just going to live for myself, man. 
because this is the only life there is. And then the other mole, there's another mole that goes, no, there's this guy named Jesus. And he, he like, he made it possible so that at the end of this life, if I'm his servant, then I can live above ground. I have no idea what that's like, but I could live above ground. I could live in this thing called light, which I've never experienced. And I can just be happy and fulfilled and filled with knowledge and ability and joy and splendor for eternity. I've never experienced it, but I know it's true. But I can't live for myself. In fact, I have to die to self. I have to do what I can more so to get as many of these other moles in my colony up above ground at the end of this life. So what I'm going to do is when I'm just burrowing along and I come across a worm, I'm just going to eat enough for me and I'm going to leave the rest for another mole in my colony. And I'm going to path, I'm going to blaze a new little trail here because I know that we're wearing out all of the nutrients in this soil and eating all the worms here. We've got to get across over there somewhere. And it's really hard to burrow, but I'm going to burrow and I'm going to work my little arms and my little shoulders and, and I'm just going to burrow a path so the whole colony can follow me and get me there. And it might even wear me out and I might even die in the process. But man, I am not going to live for this little life of darkness. There's something far greater. And that's our story. That's us. Compared to heaven, our entire life on earth will seem like we were moles living underground. What we're going to experience in the next life is catechismically beyond anything we could dream or imagine. And with that as a perspective, then we realize I can make sacrifices in this life. I can die to self I can give myself to Jesus. I can seek to know him, to love him, and to serve him. And deny myself all kinds of things in this life because I'm just living underground anyway. And then one day there will be glory and splendor. And not only for me, but for the others too. I'll take others with me and I don't even know who they are. People known to me or unknown to me. Maybe it's one or two people. Maybe it's one or two hundred people. Maybe it's thousands of people. But this isn't the life. And that's what the saints understand. That's why John Vianney spends up to 14 hours a day in the confessional. That, that's like going to prison and having to go in that one isolation room. And then to just hear people dump their problems on you and depend upon you to give them not only absolution but the right counsel in their situation And you're going through this over and over and over and over. The little jail cell of the confessional. And why do you do it? To get those moles to heaven. To get yourself to heaven, but to get them to heaven too. Why do parents bother to read the Bible with their children and to teach themselves the faith so that they can teach their children the faith? Why do dads and moms, husbands and wives pray even when it's going to upset other people in the house? Because they're all moles thinking that this is all there is when that's not true. They're going to persevere through the things that people don't like. 
for their salvation and the salvation of others. We're going to be the seed that grows to ground and dies so that much life can issue forth. Going back to the five-year-olds. Going back to the five-year-olds. When you're five, you have no idea what's ahead of you in life. Dad and mom are still setting out your clothes and buying your clothes for you and feeding you. And, and basically, when you're five, your whole life is play. You just play. That's your job. You get up in the morning, I'm going to do the hard work of playing all day long. That's my job, is to play today. And you don't know what's in front of you down through the years. But what if you were five and you did? How would that change everything in the trajectory of your life? You would pass up mushroom or marshmallow after marshmallow after marshmallow because you knew, you knew what was waiting for you. You would understand time. You would understand sacrifice. You would understand love and glory. And you'd go for it. Well, now you know. Now you know. This life will be over that fast. And in the meantime, we're living underground. But one day, we're going to live above ground. And until that day comes, we're going to keep giving this life away, giving it away, and giving it away. For God, for His glory, and for our glory, and for the glory of others.